Hey, welcome to the Chuffcast. My name is Rob, and today I am joined by uh, two other Chuffsters. I'm a Chuffster. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Ben. I'm Ben. I'm a musician from Salisbury. I do music, obviously, being a musician. Uh, <laughs> I like video games. Let's talk about video games. And I'm also uh, joined by... Uh, Hello, yeah, this is Chris. Um, I'm also a musician, funny enough. Uh, oh, cool. And I like video games, although people who have encountered me on the um, the website probably think I hate all video games, which is not true. <laughs> it's just Fallout for, uh, 76 I don't like. Everything else is yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I didn't want to mention that. That's why I had everybody else do their <laughs> intros. Uh, and oddly enough, I'm not going to say I'm a musician. I might have a SoundCloud, but I don't want to say I'm a musician yet. We could do we could do a we could do a, a segment just talking about music as well. Yeah. Oh God. That could be a that whole kettle fish to open. That'd be good. That could be. Actually, that could be a video game music uh, chat at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, we can easily talk about that now, actually, especially considering. Um, the Dark Souls soundtrack was recently put up on Spotify, and uh, ooh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. I'll have to check that. Out. Yeah, that that was recently, and Capcom, I know, a month or so back, did a whole uh, music dump of like a ton yeah. of their games, and I'm still kind of annoyed with that because there's a, a a couple songs from the Okami soundtrack that I really would love to listen to again, but that's my own personal thing there. I remember trawling through all that when when all that went up. I don't think they've put up the Dead Rising soundtracks, and that's like just, the one thing I was really looking for at the time. Just having a look now. Um, bear with me. Like yeah, maybe they're up there now. Yeah, they they were still uploading uh, a few uh, albums here and there. Um, I think they just recently probably uploaded Devil May Cry Five, if anything. Yeah. But, there's a like there was a handful of, like I fell through the uh, Phoenix Wright hole. Uh, okay. to all those songs like the the first game especially that soundtrack because I mean I that well, I love the Phoenix Wright series at least the yeah. the, tri- the first trilogy and uh, I didn't really get too far after uh, God there's too many games that's the problem. <laughs> but uh, I played a lot of that series including like the the Phoenix Wright ex uh, Professor Layton. But between that, uh, like a couple, like the Monster Hunter, like like I said, uh, the Okami soundtrack, because that's like my favorite game. Um, but like I also like the fact that they have all the Mega Man soundtracks, like including the NES games. Um, but I always, I actually really appreciate Capcom doing that, because video game soundtracks to me are like kind of really cool to have available. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I know, like, I've seen, like, the Bayonetta soundtrack of, like, a handful of, uh, I think, PlayStation games specifically, especially the more recent ones. They have their soundtracks on there, but I'd like to believe anyway. But, like, that's, like, really cool to have available because there's always, like, a song that might be stuck in my head. Like, I always want to listen to every once in a while and having it available on Spotify and as much as Spotify itself isn't really good for artists, 
Yeah. Monetarily, at least this way, it feels like I'm paying them money to listen to the songs and letting them know that, hey, you know, having these songs available is really cool to have. Yeah. I, I, uh, the, the whole Spotify thing gets weird. I, I, I feel kind of bad that, uh, end of last year or so, I caved and started paying for it because i just i know i know i'm scum i know but (laughs) i'm destroying musicians lives Uh, uh, to be to be fair i've been paying for spotify for a a few years now yeah at the same time i've also in those few years, I've still gone to like uh, I picked up like vinyls from bands, and uh, I still gone yeah, to shows yeah, yeah. and seen them live and uh, supported them in any other fashion. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard, like especially for me, it's also hard for me to find new, uh, like it just helps me like discover new music. Yeah, yeah, like, I think that's the, the best thing about Spotify is to discovering new stuff like the. You'll like a band that you like, and it'll say, "Oh, this these other bands are a lot like this." So you end up yeah, in yeah, a yeah. big long rabbit hole, which is yeah. the, the good part. You know, I'll do the same thing as well because I've got Spotify for years, um, but I go and see the bands, buy the albums as well, have the physical copies because, as I said, earlier on, I'm a bit of a hoarder, so you know, I, I like physical things, um, yeah. especially music-wise, because you know that that stuff doesn't get old, so it looks great on a wall as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, my cousin just bought me a, a vinyl for my birthday a few months ago, because it's like one of the first bands that I ever really like fell in love with, and it was the first album I ever listened to from them. But like that's just it with Spotify. Like, like uh, I have the uh, physical uh, Okami soundtrack. I think I have like the Orange Box soundtrack somewhere in a collection, because I just I just said I right, you know I really like the uh, like. It had like the Half Life music in there. I, like some of the music in Half Life Two is actually really cool to listen to. Oh yeah, that's an amazing soundtrack. So like having some of those songs, including like uh, like a Portal soundtrack as well. The first Portal, at least anyway. I don't really remember most of Portal Two, but I think think most people tend to remember outside of the the story. But like like having those soundtracks there is like always nice to have yeah, available yeah. like i i'm not too much like i usually buy everything digitally anyway like but i also like just like i said just show support for like bands and artists and just to have like the physical versions is always you know a nice way to show support in some fashion outside of just buying like the usual merchandise like the t-shirts or the sweaters or whatever yeah. other whatever other things that like artists tend to pop out <clears throat> what are you guys favorite game soundtracks oh <laughs> um wow that's a good question uh i mean i because i go back to like the 80s so yeah yeah um well while, while you guys have a think just the, <laughs> the the top two you know right off the bat for me is bloodborne and uh near automata <laughs> those they're phenomenal pieces of work I, I tend to listen to the i use especially at like for months after i played near ultimata i was listening to like the piano soundtrack for it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I fell in love with that like there's still 
like the one song for Near Automata that always gets stuck in my head is uh, the Pascal's theme or uh, the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. theme. No reason why it just outside of I know in game I you you visit that uh, I tend to visit that area a bunch of times, but that song gets stuck in my head for no good reason. Yeah, and I'll just pop on like the piano theme just because it's it's very relaxing and it's just just pleasant to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when thinking about it now, as the Medal of Honor soundtrack, uh, Michael Giacani, I think his name is, and like yeah, the yeah. lights and stuff like that. That that music was amazing. You know, it really made you emotional when when you were playing the game, and and the game's just a shooter, but the music just made that game something special. And Bloodborne as well. Bloodborne yeah, just yeah. makes the hairs on your your arms stand on end, especially yeah. the, the fight with Maria. The music in that, as it just kept building, yeah. building, and you're sitting there just going, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> as well. amazing. Um, I, I can't really think of a second one off the top of my head, at least, because I have like random songs just playing through my head. Yeah. Uh, like not in, including like uh, there's I think it was like the title introduction to um. Battletoads and Double Dragon on the Super the SNES. <laughs> I have that song randomly pop up in my head once in a while. But uh, the the uh, I've mentioned it already. Like the soundtrack that I love the most though is the uh, Okami soundtrack because okay. like I've I've I have like the five disc set of it in a box right now because uh, I'm not letting my daughter near that. Um, but I have that soundtrack. I've and like I said, it was just on Spotify outside of like two songs that are missing from that soundtrack. And those are pretty much the, I don't know if they ever really introduced it in the, the HD remasters. It was basically the ending themes. Uh, there was a, a vo- an actual uh, a vocal ending theme in uh, Okami at the end credits. And there was also another one that was, it was just strictly instrumental but it was supposed to be basically the instrumental version of that uh, ending theme but i'm pretty sure there's licensing issues with that and that's probably why they're not on spotify right but i I mean i can also just as easily listen to it on youtube or if i was ever smart and plugged my phone into a computer and you know itunes because i have an iphone uh just you know burn the cd again and put it on there and just listen to it whenever i want but uh, like with uh, a lot of folks uh, rambling about uh, Borderlands 3 right now, they're kind of like having everything on one platform. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like, like somehow moved on to um, the Epic Store. Mm. Uh, I, just pulled a, I just pulled a segue, didn't I? <laughs> it was smooth. It was a good one. Well, well done. Well done. Yeah, that, that is boiling well, some PC piss at the minute, and the the Epic Store. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff I've read is just amazing. Just people just losing their shit. It's like, ah, oh, I hate Epic. I have to do yeah. a whole new icon. Calm down. It's yeah. fine. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because I I kind of I get where people are coming from with all the why can't it all just be on Steam? I get it because they've yeah. been the industry standard you know for pc games for so damn long over like just over a decade now right almost well actually probably getting closer to 15 years because half-life uh 2 came out i think 15 years ago 
I want to say. I want to say. I thought it was like 2007. Nah, I think it was 2004. I'm, I really, I really don't remember now. Maybe I'm thinking of one of the episodes. It is. September 12, 2003 was the um, first time Steam popped up. Whoa. Well, there you go then. So, like, All right. so yeah. All right. So it's probably uh, getting closer to 15 years now as being. Yeah, involved. sure. Because just like Epic Games, like it's been mentioned before, like Steam, like when Steam first came out, like with Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 was is, is specifically yeah. for Steam. And people were upset then yeah, that cool. Steam was a thing because, I, I mean, for the same reason that Epic Games is a thing now, I, it's just change. People, yeah. and people don't like it. But just like when uh, Origin came out and people were upset about that. Especially yeah. with uh, Mass Effect 3 being exclusive to Origin after 1 and 2 were available on Steam. Yeah. Which, uh, I, 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 yeah, I get that too. And, well, GOG is different. Cause GOG actually, I don't think, really gives a shit about itself. Well, I, yeah. I can't, uh, GOG is its yeah. own thing. It's, it, it, there's GOG a is more about um, older games as well. Like I go there for stuff, you know, DOS era games and stuff like that. You uh, can't get them working anywhere else. And they, they put yeah. the effort in to make sure that that game works. Yeah. So that, that's, Steam doesn't do that. You can get a game um, and you download it and then you find, oh, it doesn't work on you know, Windows 10. Um, and then you have to go for a huge faff and trust the um, the the forum users, you know, the, those people there will sift through to try and make, find a way of getting that game to work, uh, which yeah. can be a bit yeah. of a pain in the bum. Whereas GOG, you know, they, they just go, yeah, we'll sort it all out for you. Everything's all sort you know, will be perfect. It will run. Um, and they add all the little bits of crap as well, like, you know, maps and stuff to it. So I really yeah. like GOG for that. I'm hoping Epic sort of do something similar as well, because, you know, or they'll just be just another Steam with a different name. Yeah. I get the feeling that they're just going to be another Steam with a different name, but they also have, like, it's been mentioned several times, like, they have they have the backing of Fortnite to basically help fund them because they yeah. make a ton of money. For the time being, they're making a ton of money off of it, but they also have uh, Tencent, the uh, Chinese publisher. I forget exactly what Tencent is, but they have the backing of Tencent to basically help kind of push along but there's also those security issues that uh does g does um does gog have any exclusives because because they're owned by cd project red right they made it Um, but i think you can get witcher 3 for example on steam yeah they they you the exclusives that they generally have are generally the old games that you probably can't find anywhere else. Okay. Like I don't think I could find Dungeon Keeper on Steam at least. You might I might be able to find it on Origin because EA owns the rights to that though, but Okay. I, I'd have to actually open up Origin to really figure that one out. And the last time I did that was just to play uh, the uh, Mass Effect trilogy. And just just look at it for a minute before being like, all right, I remember these games again. I I'm gonna go back to play Mass Effect Andromeda for a bit just to try it out, just to keep playing that because that's what I'm trudging through in that. But I'm not gonna talk about that now. Yeah. Uh. Um. But that's just it, though. Like, like I love Steam, or at least I used to, as I have like over. 
250 games on there, I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't remember anymore. But I, I also... <laughs> a dreadful I, count. I, I just don't... Rem- like, I don't even... Like, a lot of them, it's just, like, half... Like, I say a quarter of those games were, like, from bundles that I bought through, like, Humble Yeah, Bundle, yeah, yeah. And I, which I don't really play. A lot of them was, like, the... Uh, uh, Telltale Games is Originals games that they did. Okay. Uh, I, I never got into Telltale. The only thing of theirs I really liked was uh, Wolf Among Us. And I don't think I ever actually finished the first season of it, but I, I enjoyed it more than their other stuff. I, I like Telltale Games for the um, Platinum Trophies. That was about it, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? I did the uh, what the first two seasons of The Walking Dead, uh, Wolf Among Us, and Tales from the Borderlands. Oh yeah, I liked that. I liked the way they did that. Um, that was yeah. a entertaining thing to go through. The other ones felt like a chore to me, and you could yeah. literally. I just pressed X most of the time, so I don't care anymore. I don't care yeah. anymore. <laughs> like I, 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 I love the Borderlands. I, I love the Borderlands series. So having that game was actually like like going into a deeper lore of the series actually is nice because there is like something interesting in that that series itself but it's just now now especially after it started like when two came out and they started actually becoming its own thing instead of coming off like it's uh mad max with magic yeah but (laughs) i really appreciate as well that uh it looks a lot like uh, Borderlands 3 is just carrying on from um, what we know from Tales of Borderlands as well. So it's good that they've kept the you know, the continuity as well. Yes. Uh, I know uh, I mentioned with uh, Jake in the, the previous episode, like seeing like the extra characters, like I know Reese makes an appearance in the the one trailer and just seeing like that they are making everything canon which also would mean that a certain character has died in the Tales from the Borderlands. Mm. And that's, that's, eh. It's, it's kind of sucks, but also it's like, it plays off too much like a stereotype anyway. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see what they do. Because for all I know, they could just bring them back as like a robot. <laughs> They've got the other stereotype. They've still kept that one, so. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also I also want to see how bad Claptrap is in this one. Yeah, they don't have the the original voice actor. They're going to have to use someone else, aren't they? That's what I've heard. Oh, geez, I did not know that. That's that's going to be weird. But then again, they could also just as easily have a different voice because it's I got as much I I, I could go I could that's a whole uh, a thing about voice acting in itself right there. And I'm not, I don't want to talk too much into that one, but just having the original voice actor could have been nice. Yeah. The the good thing about that voice in particular, I suppose, is it's a fairly easy voice to em- imitate, and there's loads of like modulation on it to make it sound robotic anyway. So. Yeah. Who, if they do get a replacement, it it'll you know it'll sound pretty much identical. It's whether the performance is there. That's so, just. It's it's just it's it's hard. It also it's not going to be like on the same par as like when uh was it Kiefer Sutherland took over for Snake in Metal 
Gear Solid Five. Like, yeah, yeah. The the iconic level of that voice actor. Yeah. Every, everyone, you know, I right. Here we go. Controversial <laughs> opinion. I I haven't played every Metal Gear game, but what I have played, I've loved. Uh, and I kind of prefer Keitha. Purely because, I think purely because Phantom Pain was trying to tell a much darker story, so he wanted to recast. Well, I've heard rumors that he, he wanted to recast Hater for years and years, but <laughs> Hater just like kept clawing his way back in. I don't know how true that is. Um, uh. But yeah, so he, he obviously recast him because he wanted someone you could take more seriously. Because I keep thinking, imagine some of the like dark, moody cutscenes from Phantom Pain, but with Hater's voice, and you just cannot like get into the mood at all. It just becomes too silly. Yeah. And the other games are more silly, so it works there. But Kiefer, um, he brings some gravitas as well, and um, star power yeah. along with him, so... Yeah, and especially with the way that the narrative of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, if you can say, ends anyway with the uh, that one plot twist, like it yeah. would have actually made a lot more sense to have Keeper Sutherland in there. Like it, but then I also remember that he was also, I think he was the voice in, um, what was that? Uh, Ground Zeroes. Yeah, Ground Zeroes. He was the voice yeah. in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he. I remember- he, he people figured out very early on that the medic's voice was his. Yeah. But just pitched down so slightly. Yeah. So, like, having that there and just... But but he wasn't the voice of Snake, though, right? I think they still had David Hayter? No, no, David Hayter wasn't in it at all. Okay. When when you see the, you know, the actual Snake, it's still Kiefer. Okay, see, if they were smart, they could have done that. Yeah, a lot of people thought that's what was going to happen, that, like, that Hater was pretending to have been fired, and it was at all an yeah. elaborate ruse. Nah. Yes, but, and that's the, <laughs> that was it. Like, that was something that everybody expects from, uh, you know, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, So, yeah. and I, I also haven't touched uh, Ground Zero since it came out, and I remember playing that on the 360, so... And okay. that's how long it was. That's how long it's been since I played that game. Yeah, yeah. But that's just it. If they were smart with that direction, they could have done something to that effect. But that's yeah. that's something else entirely. Yeah. Um. So, are you guys uh, excited for Death Stranding? What you what your thoughts on that? No. <laughs> no. No. I, it's just... okay. Uh, it's, it looks like it's going to be the, the game version of um, Twin Peaks or something. It just looks right. Old. See, see, I'm Twin Peaks is literally one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So that's probably why I'm really excited for something just weird like yeah. Death Stranding. I I kind of uh, don't care what kind of game it is. I just want something that's different. The know? ideas are um they're interesting. I mean, I spent the whole time looking at thinking. Why the why the babies? Why is yeah. the water? What's the water doing that for? What is there that are invisible thing? creatures that walk <laughs> on the hands? What? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Rain that speeds up time. What's going? On? Yeah, the grill of the toilet. I just love all that. It. I love 
you know, I love not knowing something. I love going into something and not having any clue, and you gradually piece things together. So, I'm very uh, key. I, I guess, like, uh, like it's been said, I, I'm not too fond of. Uh, I don't actually. I can't say that. I, I'm not too hyped for it, mostly because I don't have any clue, and I'm, I also avoid getting hyped for anything. Yeah, um, it's, it's but seeing that you mentioned Twin Peaks, though, like I guess I could probably see the uh, like the connections that you're making there. Yeah, like I I have a, a love hate relationship with Twin Peaks. Like I love right. I love everything that isn't a soap opera in Twin Peaks, but the yeah. soap opera to me in Twin Peaks tends to get a little overpowered, and I'm like I'm having a hard. I, like, I've watched the first two seasons. I've been needing to watch the reboot. Or not the reboot, the uh, the, third the, 25, season, the third season, yeah. because like long before it was ever like I watched uh, uh, Twin Peaks like a year before they announced uh, the third season, and I was like uh, at the end of that second season they say twenty five years later they mentioned that, yeah. and I was like, huh, that's weird that that's like that time's almost coming up soon. And yeah, then a year that's later, the whole reason why they they brought it back. They were like, hey, that, do you know it's nearly been twenty five years. That, that's actually really funny then that, that I, I yeah yeah that that they may actually made that connection I said some I guess I would like to say David Lynch really wanted to pull off yeah <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> accidental because the show you know originally just got cancelled oh yeah the second season wasn't as good but um, yeah yeah but the second I half could... of the second season I could it was like I was especially it was worse it felt like it was like just jumping around trying to uh, like yeah find something something to grab onto at that point because once it's, they... it's it's because david lynch was barely involved with the second season yeah uh, that, that was the other thing too, yeah and they were just like oh this show's weird right let's do weird and uh <laughs> they they didn't really know what the show was kind of yeah. they just thought hey it's weird and kooky and they just kind of went overboard in it being silly weird rather than like yeah spooky and that, weird of and that something was supernatural was going on you know but yeah before was... i meant to say sorry before uh you watch uh if you've watched all of the first two seasons before you watch season 3 you need to watch the, the fire watch with me yeah 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 i i i got to see that's available yeah I, I gotta see where that's available. I've been meaning, like, I've been meaning to watch it. I, I think I you can really get it on Amazon Prime. I think. I'm not sure. I hope I can get it for free then, because I have Amazon Prime. Yeah. Because if it's there, then I'll probably I'll have to find. I have to make time to do that. Because like, because I could talk about Twin Peaks forever. <laughs> but like, but uh, the. The film and season three are pretty drastically different from the original. It's a hell of a lot darker and a hell of a lot slower. So yeah. if you didn't like the soap opera bits of the original, you'll probably be more into... The... Oh, thank oh, thank God. Yeah, there's a lot less of that. But like the soap opera stuff in the original Twin Peaks was literally a parody anyway, and that's why it was... So oh, yeah. They wanted to take the piss out of like Dallas and shows like that. 
Yeah, I, I could see like the parody levels itself. I was also wondering if they were gonna actually make any sort of connection, because like some of the like the relationship stuff that was going on there felt like it was making yeah. some level of connection with the main story. Like, <laughs> Out, outside of like not just like love triangles, it's like love dodecahedrons. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it was it was beyond like anything. And but like then you start realizing that a lot of it was just some of it was just garbage and they were just thrown in there and I was fine with the garbage if it wasn't so like uh strong yeah at certain yeah, points yeah, yeah. especially or at least it was, if it was like something like in the background not like everybody's talking like everybody like the focus of that scene is that relationship itself yeah um oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway let's try and work our way back to games <laughs> so speak speaking of uh classics coming back uh i just started playing final fantasy 7 oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again after 20 years and like i only picked it up on a whim because i have a thing with rpgs for starters that I, i'm not really fond of them like a class especially classic rpgs classic jrpgs i mean uh unless they're portable so having it on the switch for starters is a real nice uh, thing to have but I used, I, like when I, uh, Final Fantasy VII first came out, I loved the game, and then I got the internet, and then I hated the game after that. Right. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, like, actually, I say, like, uh, around the time Kingdom Hearts, the first Kingdom Hearts came out, I, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I love Final Fantasy VII, and then, I, like, people were saying, oh, this is the greatest game of all time, and all and arguing with people started arguing how it was the greatest game of all time and i'm like i mean it's it's a good game but it's not that and then just it fell off i fell off the wagon then i just said i hated the final fantasy 7 for the same reason that i tell people i don't i think uh zelda ocarina of time is the worst zelda game ever okay <laughs> uh I know it's not the worst Zelda game, just like I know Final Fantasy VII isn't the worst uh, Final Fantasy of all time, but it's mostly just to you know boil piss. It, yeah, I will, both... I will say I will say that Ocarina is definitely the most overrated Zelda game. Yes, it's a good one, but there's a lot better. Oh, I'd say Breath of the Wild is the most overrated one, but I I understand <laughs> why, I get why. Yes, but like I don't know, I'd I'd put Breath of the Wild above Ocarina. But, oh, yeah, I yeah, I, I, it's also probably because like I I, I tried playing uh, Majora's Mask on the 3DS, and I yeah, got to yeah. the I got to the uh, the fourth dungeon before I was like you know I played this game already I did all the side quests as much of the side quests as I could up to that point and I've done this I don't want to do this anymore because it still feels a little outdated mechanically. Yeah, and I'd, that's right. I've I've got to boil some piss myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm, in general, I'm kind of a late bloomer to video games. Uh, my first console was uh, the GameCube, and I kind of very slowly got into gaming from there. So I actually haven't, until recently, played many Zelda games. It's over the last couple of years that I was like, "Hey, I should check out that series that everyone goes on about." Yeah. And the first one I played was the Majora's Mask 3D remake, and I mm -hmm. immediately fell in love with it. 
Um, so that, that I, I'd say probably Majora's Mask is my favourite Zelda game, and then maybe Breath of the Wild came in second place. <laughs> hmm. I always liked the uh, the SNES one was my favourite one because that, oh. that just changed things so much, and it was, was so. Link to the past. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played that yet. I really wanted. Such a. I mean, now it's probably a little bit basic, you know. But everyone copied that. Very much the the Nintendo um, stamp. Yeah, like Mario. Everyone copies Mario. Zelda. Everyone copied that. Um, They're very very good at making paradigms for the kids. That that, that Zelda game um, still sits for me above all other Zelda games because it's exactly what a Zelda game should be. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, like, I have, I, my cousin's a big Zelda fan, so, like, she's, like, really talks about, like, whenever we have a conversation, we'll somehow get back to Zelda at some point, but, like, Link to the Past is, de- like, I have, like, my, like, I came up with, like, a top five list for her, basically. Uh, like, Link to the Past is up there with it. Um, Breath of the Wild, as much as it's, like, a, like, a seven out of ten game for me, I still, still had a lot of fun playing it with what I could do and as much as yeah it's definitely overrated it's, I, like I said it was a lot of fun that I, I played through the game twice I technically bought the game twice I bought it on the Wii U because before I had a switch and then I ended up buying it on the switch just because mm. which which I have to say like being able to play on the in like the switch and just sitting outside while playing that game is probably the best experience for that yeah just having like the nice cool breeze going by you, the birds around you, and then just running around like the fields in Zelda, just in Breath of the Wild, is probably the best experience to have. I and... should I should probably actually take my switch out of the dock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm too but, much of a basement dweller. <laughs> that's all right. Like, but like Majora's Mask was on my list as well. Uh, yeah. I think I said Link to the Past. Right? Uh, another game I I always adore that a lot of people, especially at the time, didn't like. It was a uh, Wind Waker. And yeah, I, that's a really good one. That's a really good game. I yeah. like. Like uh, I, you know, I bought the, I had the original. I had like the, uh, the I got really in. I was really in love with that game. I played like the demo in the store. Um, Nintendo had uh, their online uh, uh, crap where you can like. Um, register your games and you get points and you can use those points to get stuff and i yeah when uh, i i got like the promotional disc that came with like the collection of zelda games i think i had like zelda one and two and uh ocarina of time and majeure's mask i had that disc and i i played the demo a bunch of times on the that disc along with uh, majeure's mask um I, they also had the, another promotional disc i think if you pre-ordered the game you got a uh, Actually, I'm about to confuse the two. I think if you pre-ordered the game, you got that collection. And if you used the points, you got um, uh, Ocarina of Time Master Quest on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. But, like, those games were, like, really great at the time. The other game I really liked, uh, oddly enough, was uh, Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. That was To me, it was, like, a nice follow-up sequel to Link to the Past. It also kind of changed the formula of how Zelda games worked a little bit, which is at least a nice change of pace, and at least in my opinion, just being able to have all those items readily available to you and then just unlock them as you play the game instead of doing the dungeons. Mm-hmm. That way you 
So it's like, oh, hey, there's this thing over here. Oh, I know I can buy this item over in the shop or uh, buy this piece of gear. I might as well have, you know, I have the money. I can rent it out and then eventually buy it out later if I have the money for it. Or at least when that option unlocks. But I, I always consider uh, uh, Link Between Worlds at least a nice follow-up sequel, even if the uh, the 2D mechanics weren't uh, too... Uh, well, at least it was a nice, like, for puzzle solving, but it wasn't really like, it wasn't fleshed out like uh, like they did with uh, Mario Odyssey, which is yeah, probably where they to, um, I just appreciate you know, that they always try to do new things as well with their games. So keep with you know, the the Zelda um, format and then sort of work new things into it, like that whole becoming what looked like a paper version of yourself, so you could slide along the walls, go to the cracks and this sort of stuff. Um, I can't remember what Zelda game that's in. Uh, it's one of the 3DS ones. I can't remember what it's called, but you could sort of become like a, a picture version of yourself and then you'd slide oh, along. Oh, that's, um, that's Link Between, between Worlds. worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's such a basic idea, but it works so well, you know, they integrated it into the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, bringing it back to what I was, I, I started this conversation with. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, like I, I'm liking it, especially now, like since they added all the, uh, the little perks, like uh, speeding up the time in the game, um, turning they, off uh, random encounters, and uh, ah, that's what I was gonna say because I've got the yeah. mobile version, and I love that because you just a little button you press and just turn off random encounters, exactly. And that, now the greatest game ever made because uh, no more of this just wandering one foot. Pew! Oh, for fuck's yeah, yeah. sake, kill it. And then what? two feet. Pew! Ah, stop! Like, uh, I, I took advantage of that, in the begin especially in the beginning of the game because, like, the way the game introduces, you're kind of infiltrating uh, this reactor and trying to set a bomb up. And, like, I just turned off random encounters right there because, like, yeah. first of all, I was like, all right, let me just get used to this game and also... Like, outside of the first fight you have, which is, you know, your your first forced fight. But, like, I turned off random encounters because, like, looking back as to do it, it even narratively made sense to not have fights in there. You're kind of supposed to be sneaking around. You're not yeah. supposed to be running around fighting rats and I don't remember. What other, fighting like, bouncing balls and triangles. And like, exactly. What the hell's going on? Or, or later in the game when you start fighting a house. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> like... It, I turned it off, and then, like, oh, then you set the bomb, and the alarm goes off, and you have a counter, and it's like, oh, okay, now let me turn them back on after the first boss fight, too, but, like, it was also, it was just nice to, like, just turn that off, because there are points, it's like, I don't really want to fight anything, it's not even like I'm dying or anything, I just want to, like, run around and explore real quick, because I'll see an item there, and I don't want to spend 10 minutes trying to get that one little potion. Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to just grab it, and then go, or, and, I get what I, I don't. I get at the time, at least that was the thing that uh, JRPGs were big for, which is also kind of why, like, I loved uh, Xenoblade Chronicles and uh, two as well, and even uh, Xenoblade X. Just being able to just run into whatever enemy you want, and then just not have to fight anything, unless of course you get too close to an enemy that's three times your level and or like a hundred levels higher than you and you get too close to him and he just once he just one shots you <laughs> but that just tells you not to go that way again 
Yeah, I, I appreciate the, the new JRPGs where you can actually see the creatures on the map so you can just avoid them, or if you actually want to do the fight, run at them, try and get them, you know, uh, attack them from behind and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Instead of just choo, every yeah. few seconds. I don't, I don't mind the idea of random encounters at all, but, like, it needs to be rarer than most games do it. You yeah, I mean, how are they going like to do it? Every, every like, maybe every ten minutes or so, a <laughs> random encounter, because then yeah, it'll so feel like a oh shit moment, you know. So yeah. How are they going to um, deal with that with the new one? I wonder as well. Sort of, uh, are we going to be hiding from things constantly? Yeah, we're going to be if, sort of... if it ever comes out. <laughs> yeah, in twenty. 20- yeah. 47 or whatever. Yeah. Is it going to be a little bit like um, Splinter Cell where you just hide in from the creatures and attack them behind? It does I look imagine... like it's got um, Final Fantasy yeah. 15's um, yeah. engine since we're using that. I, I can't imagine them not using that. En- I, I mean, I can because they tend to just make new engines every once in a every for every new game, it looks like. But um, yeah, pretty much I could see them using the similar engine where it's just like the enemies are there. Yeah. Or. And then you just, I, I, I didn't play Final Fantasy 15. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I always feel like that, like that was the direction they were going with, and like uh, the newer games post uh, 12, I want to say. I really don't remember if 12 had random encounters. I do know that they had the, uh, they introduced like the basic, I think they called it the Gambit system. Yeah. It was just, but I don't remember random encounters. I played like three hours of Final Fantasy 12 and. That's pretty much when I stopped playing JRPGs almost entirely for a while. Yeah, that that game was um, bollocks, to be fair. As soon as the series just started losing its way, and then it did the um, the online one, which nobody wow. liked, and now they really like it. And... Uh, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember Final, when Final Fantasy XI came out. That was the first point that I tried. That was a that was going to be my first MMO of its uh, play. I remember uh, pre-ordering it, but and uh, I had it came with the hard drive on the PS2, which that never was really utilized at least mm. over here in the, at least in the western areas. I remember I looked it up; they were using it. It was basically what um, PlayStation does now, where the you can install games and increase load times. That was the original. Uh, idea for the PS2 hard drive, mm. but then, but instead it was just basically you just needed one memory card and you can just take your save date and put it on the hard drive, which was still nice. But uh, Final Fantasy XI was going to be my like my first MMO, and unfortunately I was a kid in high school and my parents didn't want to give me their credit card information. <laughs> it's probably wise. Uh, uh, to an extent, I did get into playing like uh, other MMOs after that, including World of Warcraft and Star Wars and uh, Final Fantasy XIV as well. I, I didn't actually subscribe to that. I just got the bought the game, played the free thirty days, said, "All right, I have my fun." Yeah, I did exactly the same with that. Um, it looks alright, but it's so many fetch quests. Everything was a fetch quest. Uh, I, and the um, the mock, um, it's kind of used like proper British, um, like oh, yoldy oh. voice acting as well. There's yeah. a bit where uh, it's a little boy and he goes, "Oh bollocks!" And I had to stop the game for ten minutes because I was just pissing myself <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I, I, I 
I like <laughs> what they did with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen because like you have uh, like I forget what the hell they're called now, but like the random events that happen throughout the map that you're in, you can join a group and then everybody could just run around and do all these like, oh, kill this boss or kill a bunch of these enemies in this area and it eventually leads into like a big final boss kind of thing where it takes a while to uh, like defeat this one enemy. Like, I, I, it was something introduced in uh, another MMO called uh, Defiance that was supposed to be a tie-in to that TV show of the same name uh, where yeah. it was just yeah. where like Defiance was just basically the MMO version of uh, Borderlands, but like it had these random events that like oh like uh, a a China alien craft I don't I don't remember like if it was an alien but like giant thing falls out of the sky and you have like hundred people just surrounding and shooting all these little enemies and also this uh, the boss at the same time trying to whittle it down, mm. but it. It was something that like Final Fantasy fourteen did a lot better in a lot smaller scale, and also kind of I, I want to say fun because you'd see everybody just run around and like get together and talk and like there was like a sort of, like I wouldn't say sense of community, but close to it that you can have all these people at least be nice and friendly towards each other for the most yeah. part. That's always the best thing, and that's the thing that always keeps me on MMOs. If the community is friendly and everyone gets on, it's like. Uh, World of Warcraft Burning Crusade era was amazing. Was so good. Um, and then it's it just slowly got worse and worse and worse. Um, I played up to the point where there was pandas, and then that was enough for me because I was a bit of a purist. I was like, no, that panda used to just hold a sign. He's not a playable character. I'm out. Gone. Uh, I, I stopped at Lich King. I was... Uh... I, I up to Lich King, I was in this uh, like a, just a, a friendly guild that some of which I actually still have friends. I use I have one friend at least uh, I still talk to every once in a while. But uh, up to Lich King, I had like just this casual friendly guilds, and then like we were trying to bring the guild back to life, and I was trying to get like the old school raids before they took them out. Especially, I think they took like a. Anixia out at some point, or at least they removed her and updated her at yeah, some point. That was but, a cataclysm, I think, where they just blew everything up. We start oh, by was, just blowing up. Was, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was been during Lich King era. All right, I guess I'm wrong, but I remember <laughs> playing Anixia back when, when she was still a level sixty raid, and even um, the or the original uh, 40 raid ones. I forget what the hell they're called. Uh, Anquilach and Naxxramas. Yeah. Well, they, have, they added Naxxramas into Lich King, which I got to do. But um, Yeah, that was really no, cool. It started floating around and just fucking murdering people in towns. I loved that. So much yeah, fun. But... And then, sorry, there was the, I don't know if you were there when they had the uh, the disease where you could turn into a zombie and they, they didn't, um, it was like a big mistake because most of the zombies oh, yeah. covered in it. Yeah, everyone was a zombie. It was I amazing. I remember they introduced that disease and like that, and they actually used that as like a reference point, in, like certain. Uh, uh, I want to, I guess, certain research things now because it kind of sets up an example of how uh, like an outbreak really happens in real time. Yeah, and it, it was, was funny. It's just, it was literally just walk around. Like, everyone's a zombie. Everyone. Yeah. Bloody NPCs are a zombie. Everyone's a zombie. I also remember when they had world bosses and people would like uh, 
I was in the horde and like people in the alliance would try and drag the world bosses to like <laughs> the main cities. Yeah. I remember one time I was just walking out of uh, this, walking out of Wargamer and walking over to the uh, the Zeppelin and all of a sudden I'm just dead. And I look over and there's just this giant fucking monster just storming around. I'm like, oh, that explains everything. But yeah. uh, I was um, I used to try doing that. As a, I can't remember the dragon's name, Ysaro or something like that. It was just hanging around like a big uh, mirror thing, and you could cut that all the way into um, a double town. So you'd be killing alliance and horde. Yeah, <laughs> just the boiling piss was amazing. So, Who the fuck did that? And uh, yay me. <laughs> <laughs> but like I remember, like I said, Lich King was where I stopped. I had just joined a raiding guild after like. My cousin joined one, and I was. She got me into it, and uh, we uh, emerged with like a bigger one. And there was like an actual sense of community. We had like two raiding parties, like a casual one and a serious one. But then all of a sudden, the guild just fell apart, and like a bunch of people were kicked out. And I was just like, I don't want to play anymore. Mm, yeah, kind of, because I had quite a big guild as well. Um, well, I was in a big guild, and we, we were doing the 40-man raids, um, sort of trying to be the first on our server. We were at a place called Starshield. Um, we did do Anchorage. We were the first people to do that um, in Europe and crashed yeah. the server entirely. Um, and then our guild leader was told, um, we're going to reset it. Can you do it at, like, 4 in the morning when there's less people? Um, make it a little bit easier because you're supposed to have hundreds and hundreds of people there to do it, but server would just yeah. crash every time because there's just too much going on. There's huge, very big Anubis things would come out, huge beetles. It was mental. Yeah, I, I remember, like I said, we did a lot of the post stuff, like a lot of the old uh, raids, like post like level 80, basically. And we were trying them out just to, just to say we did it, or at least tried to do it, even though we had it did not, nothing to benefit us outside of maybe the achievements. Yeah. It was really great like, as well, going back when you got to like level 80, and you could just do Anchorage 20 on your own, just yeah. get someone to join from the outside and just wander in there, and just murdering the bosses just on your tod. It was mental, especially with my, the memories of thinking, it took 40 people to kill this bastard thing, and it's just me. Stood there just hammering away at it. Exactly. Now it's it's not. It's, it was also at least nice to be able to do it because, like, you, like you said, it takes forty people, and like some people like can't get forty people together. Like uh, the casual guild that I was in, we got like I think we did five people on. I'm trying to remember the one. It was like a dungeon in a dungeon in a black rock. I think it was Blackrock, yeah. Because I think the final boss was like you were fighting in like a like, like a circle of uh, like a rock that was surrounded by lava. And I remember oh, I was a tank. Um, I think it might not. As I'm trying to remember the fight. Like all I remember is that I was the tank and I died, and the rogue took over as the tank, and we still <laughs> beat it somehow. Rogue but, just. Dodging like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but that's just it. Post level eighty, like you're like level eighty stuff, doing level eight as a level eighty, doing all the like level sixty stuff. It's just like you can also tell like how different it is from being level sixty to level like seventy, for example. It's just your gear and like, everything is just completely changed because that's how the yeah. game was evolving constantly. I'm kind but, of looking forward to the because um, they're bringing back vanilla. I'm um, considering. 
and going back to that just because I used to those days were the good days. I remember, uh, like, I, I, I was played vanilla, and I remember playing the game up until uh, Burning Crusade launch, and that was pretty much when I hit level sixty. Like the day, like an hour before Burning Crusade came out, I, my friend and I were grinding and questing like crazy, leveling up and hitting level sixty, and then meeting up and doing the that was like the first midnight release of a game I ever really went to. Mm. Oddly the, enough, the gate opened and you could actually go through the thing. Yeah. So, like, ha- just having that, like, just being able to do all that stuff again was at least nice. Like, like doing all that stuff and like having like, the, especially since that was the first midnight release. Like, I actually went to the store with a friend and stood in line. That was probably the first. Uh, that was probably was like, oh shit, I'm a fucking, I'm a nerd, I'm a dork or whatever. <laughs> Because I'm standing around all these other people who were like, some of which were actually wearing like uh, World of Warcraft shirts too. And I was like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? He's going to say they dressed up as trolls. And, and oh, thank God nobody did that. But it was also weird because I think there were like, there were kids there too. And I'm like, I don't know if there was a school night, but I, I, I thought it was really weird that it was midnight and there's these kids hanging around with us. And also uh, the stereotypical, uh, uh, you know, guys sitting online, and you look over, and you see that like their girlfriend sitting in the car, and I, to which I felt really bad for. And I, I've seen that a handful of times. Like I've gone to uh, like a midnight release to, um, I don't remember what game it was, but Call of Duty came out that same day, and I just remember walking past my car and walking past to my car and seeing somebody like some girls just sitting in her like the guy's truck, and I felt really bad for her. I think it was Call of Duty Ghosts, actually. I went to I, I went to the midnight release of GTA Five uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and it was awesome. It was great fun. Everyone was really excited, obviously, because it was a big deal. It was tremendous atmosphere there, but obviously, it was freezing fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> and my my girlfriend had fun there. But she wasn't that happy. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, this uh, yeah. is a cool little thing, but fuck you for dragging me out to this. Yeah. I, <laughs> Standing I, in line for like an hour in the, in the freezing cold. The, the last midnight release I went to um, actually was for uh, Majora's Mask on the 3DS because I just, I got okay. the, uh, I think I just got the, oh no, I, I didn't get the new 3DS at the time, but the new 3DS came out and, and also Monster Hunter 4. And, and I went there and I'm pretty sure I bought the new 3DS with uh, Zelda because I was like, you know, I get to play Zelda. I get to play with the new 3DS, which has the stupid analog nub, which is yeah, garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, and then a week later, like, like over the following week, my one friend uh, I have on twitter it's like she's like yo monster hunter 4 is like everybody was talking about monster hunter 4 but my one friend was playing it and i was like all right i gotta i gotta play this now like i because i was i liked monster hunter series but i never got into it i had um one of the ones on psp and i had a three on the 3ds but i just nothing was clicking until i played four and all of a sudden i fell in love with the series after that and i put like 400 hours into that game alone and I, but like 
that, yeah, that's the analog nub. But that was like the last midnight release I went to. But and that analog nub, I still fucking hate. <laughs> I am honestly like, like especially like with Monster Hunter, like I was digging my nail into the uh, analog nub just so I could use it properly. Uh, yeah, it I, I got that that Circle Pad Pro, that oh, huge no. clunky attachment. Yeah, it's quite comfortable, but it's bulky. <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah. I remember seeing because a lot of uh, that came with a Kid Icarus as well. I, I, mm. I know that at least Kid Icarus had that as a. You, know, you can buy Kid Icarus and it comes with that attachment. And I was tempted to get that when I was playing uh, Monster Hunter Three, but I never really did because I didn't really want to play Kid Icarus for some reason. I, even though I did like the original game, and actually I was just playing the uh, Kid Icarus on the uh, Switch. Because it came out on the Switch Online uh, a month or two ago now. I'm trying to remember when that came out, but it came out a while ago. But yeah, like midnight releases are terrible. Don't don't do them. Like <laughs> I, because I, I, I every time I go there, I feel bad for like some of the employees. Like I feel bad for most GameStop employees now. Yeah. Like for like over here and like because GameStop over here is fucking terrible, and I don't. I feel actually. I think one of my friends used to be a manager for uh, GameStop. I don't know if she still is though. I think she finally got out, as if it was like jail or something. Yeah, she got out. But uh, um, is there any uh, what else do we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, that's the uh, Sekiro easy mode. Oh, oh yeah. That's that's a good long conversation to have. Yeah. So uh, I've I've been playing through Sekiro. I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, it's kicking my ass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, I. With this whole argument, I don't think it should have an easy mode. I. But I see where people are coming from where they're saying it's not about an easy mode, it's about accessibility for, you know, maybe disabled people or, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, uh... They are missing out on this experience that they might really want to have. And I utterly get that, but like, it's figuring out a way where you won't spoil, you know, the intended experience of the game while making it more accessible to people. Yeah. Like, how do you do that with a game like this where it's meant to be pretty brutally difficult? They could do um, kind of what they did with uh, that new mobile thing, uh, the Blade thing on the... Um... Oh jeez! Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that sort that, of thing. Yeah, uh, the the Elder Scrolls Blades. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh geez. right, yeah. I, I I just like before. Uh, I think last night I was watching uh, the Jim Sterling video on that. How bad that game actually really is. I don't know if that's a good example. <laughs> but <laughs> I've, um, I've played a little bit of it. It it's fine, but I haven't dug that deep into it. So yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's at the very beginning. I mean, they, they've already changed, um, like, how the chests work, because it was, you had to wait four hours or, or spend... Like, up to six huge, hours. 
Yeah, uh, six hours. They reduced that down to an hour, from if I remember correctly. But uh, uh, either way, it's a lot of microtransactions. It's the no. same. Uh, same like I say, market lot. It's a lot of the gut that use. Yeah, like the it's, it's like I don't know, like it's a lot of people because I don't I don't even remember when it came out. It had to have been like the last like couple weeks. It had to have come out. I didn't uh, even know it was last few days. Uh, it's been in, oh yeah like the... an open beta essentially. Yeah, last week or so. That's why because I remember signing up for the closed beta. And I don't think I ever got that email. But, yeah. Um, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually download that when I. I actually have the, you know, or feel like downloading another game on my phone and, you know, not watching anything on, on my lunch breaks or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. um, like, with the, bring it back to Sekiro, like, I have a very hard time with, with it. I got yeah. it up. I defeated the, uh, the chain to Ogre. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It took me, uh, like, hours to do, and it was only because, like, the way I, like, for example, the way I defeated the boss was I would pull him to a point where, like, I would, he would not see, he, you know, he would basically, oh, like, the yellow like, arrow would show up on his head and then just run away until he can't see me anymore and then sneak yeah. around him and get to knock off the first health, first health bar. And that was yeah. because, A, multiple health bars is kind of, I understand why they introduce multiple health bars for, like, boss-type characters. It's still yeah. a, a load of shit to me because you stab because you stab a guy in the throat you don't expect him to walk away from that but uh yeah well i also i also well it goes with the theme of the game of yeah you know borderline immortality and stuff like that so Uh, i get that i i understand that but at the same time i stabbed a guy in the throat (laughs) yeah i should but i I also thought it was yeah because they introduced the whole concept like the dragon rot and that was another thing that bothered me because I always felt like if I kept reviving in the middle of a fight, uh, I I would probably lose out on a lot of stuff because like in games like Dark Souls, if you die a lot, the only punishment is just like you lose your souls really. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that that scared me when I found out. Oh, the more you die, all of the friendly NPCs get ill, and yeah, and you. <laughs> I don't know what happens. But and there is an, an ex- item you can yeah. get, and it's rare. Uh, but you can yeah, you can sometimes buy it wet that heals everyone. Yeah. So yeah. luckily, and I've I, had no two, you know, negative effects from dying a lot. But yeah, <laughs> I'm scared what will happen. And that was that eventually. was it. That, and you get an actual reaction to it. Like they like you meet the the guy who does the prosthetic arm, and later on, yeah. if you kept dying, all of a sudden he starts coughing. And he tells yeah. you that, and he's like, and the the doctor that's sitting outside tells you about it. I'm like, okay, but now I, I feel bad for doing this. this is, I feel like I'm being yeah. punished for being, in my case anyway, for being bad at the game. And well, that, that yeah, was in, in a way, you kind of are, and that's sort of the <laughs> point. Is hey, learn this game. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. I suck at learning things. <laughs> and Good that, way that, of it, but. And, uh, like uh, what for like me like what made Dark Souls and even Bloodborne approachable for me was that there was a variety of ways to approach the game. Yeah, yeah. like a variety of weapons and uh, which all had like different attack patterns and so on and so forth. Yeah, and you had the uh, in Dark Souls you had the option to parry. It wasn't yeah. important. 
but it also made you feel really cool, especially in Dark Souls when you could parry and repost the uh, final boss. Yeah. Um, but I sucked at it. I, I'm no, really, yeah, I'm like, terrible. In Dark Souls especially, I was able to get the first parry in, and then the adrenaline kicked in, and I couldn't do it anymore. And I would kept dying. I also yeah. thought I could... I also thought I could backstab the boss every time, and I never did. <laughs> you can't. I was having a conversation the other day with my brother about doing that, and he even mentioned that you can't backstab the final boss as much as yeah. you want to. But I also yeah. remember like uh, cheesing the final boss and just basically walking in, pop off a crystal soul mask twice, and he's dead. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm not too into the Dark Souls games, but I adore Bloodborne. It's one of my all-time favorites. I was blown yeah. away by it. And uh, I feel I feel like Sekiro is a good kind of almost a spiritual sequel because it takes you know the more aggressive, fast-paced sort of thing to the next level from that. Yes. Um, so I'm having a hell of a lot of fun with the gameplay, but yeah, it is so brutally difficult. I'd 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 estimate. I'm maybe about halfway through the game currently. Maybe mm-hmm. there's still a bunch of like mini bosses out there that I've been like, oh god, I'll have to come back to this guy later, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, I feel like it's one of those games where it's entirely designed to be like, uh, however you can do it is fine. Like, there's not one way of, oh, you should beat it like this. It's However you can think to do it, even if it's kind of, you know, cheesing the boss or whatever. However you can do it, that's fine. But if something's too tough for you, there's usually somewhere else you can go. You know, because it's like this wider, less linear world in a way. Yeah, that's like, I think that was like the tagline they were pretty much going with is like ingeniously, like just being able to kill whatever you yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, so it tells you that there's like it, it went like the way like um, Deus Ex wanted to go, where it's like you can you have this option to do whatever yeah. you you have all these options to approach the situation if you want. You could kill everybody, you can stealth kill, and yeah, just, yeah. or just not at all, just sneak past everybody if you really wanted to. See, I'm is, very much a, a stealth guy in most games. I I get a kick out of that. So yeah, I've been very slowly making my way through. Sekiro, you know, like, empty a place of everyone first, usually stealthily, if possible, because I suck at just frantic combat. Yeah. Uh, And then deal with one tough enemy at a time, you know. I've been doing the exact opposite of that. Um, (laughs) Running in, just letting everyone see me, then just bouncing around the the roofs, just jumping on people's heads to kill person, jump back up again. Um, It's been working for me as well, so the yeah. only time it fouled was, it works, was then it, fine. <laughs> in that first village, there's a, a giant black chicken that I had yeah. no idea he exists. And I was running around, like getting everyone's attention and, and doing my bouncing around. And I got shot up the ass, jumped up, <laughs> um, turned the camera slightly, and then just saw the this chicken head just headbutt the back of my head <laughs> and kill me. It was, it's like, what the hell was that? Yeah. I love how they, yeah. they have these really dark, intimidating, stressful games, but they put a lot of like goofy shit in there that will yeah. just take you off guard. Like in Bloodborne, when you're doing the Chalice Dungeons, uh, there's 
a, a, a sly reference to fat rolling, where there are these <laughs> these huge, fat, horrendous, like greasy-looking guys down oh, in the yeah. chalice dungeons that are practically round and they have clubs. And there's oh, one that you encounter that just <laughs> frantically rolls after you. And it's the silliest thing to look at, this huge, like, 12-foot-tall fat guy rolling around like Sonic the Hedgehog, like, weirdly fast. It's so shit. Um, there was another one as well, the, uh, the like, zombies. They look like they're underwater because their hair floats around, but their weapon is, yeah. another, is a dead body. They just start swinging another person yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? But uh, no. bringing it back to, like, uh, the accessibility issue, like, like I said, I, I'm I beat the chained uh, ogre, and that's pretty much where I stopped. And that I don't know, that's pretty much a week after launch of Sekiro. Yeah. Like I have, uh, I can't really time my uh, encounters properly. Uh, it's yeah. Like I, I can't. I'm ever. having a lot of trouble with that. I I've watched like let's plays and you know walkthroughs, and other people seem to find countering so yeah. easy. I can't do it. People were even saying like, "Oh, the game's easier. They 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 made it easier to counter and everything like that." And I'm looking at it, it's like yeah. I don't feel like it <laughs> is. Like, it. I feel it, like I the feel countering like... in Bloodborne was a lot easier. Yeah, I've ha- actually probably countered more in Bloodborne than I have done it, and I can't even do counters in Bloodborne properly. But I feel yeah. like I've done it more in there. But like uh, like you brought up Bloodborne when uh, I first played Bloodborne, I didn't get along with it at first. I, I yeah. wasn't really. Uh, digging uh, the combat style like it like it's, it's still approachable but i couldn't find uh, my feet for the yeah. same reason i couldn't find my feet in the first dark souls it's just i couldn't find the play style i was looking for in uh yeah dark souls until eventually i cheated it with a wizard and i was like okay now i have like an easy mode so i can essentially figure out the game and yeah. learn it more and yeah. bloodborne like i uh i messed around like everybody always went with the cleaver i messed around with that for a bit didn't like it i messed around with the axe and didn't like it but i played with the uh the cane the cane whip and i was like all right this is basically my easy mode i found the weapon i could get to grips with and understand the game more and that was it but with like Sekiro, like you got the one weapon yeah and i i and it's that's fine like i probably would have stuck with that weapon at some point but I, i haven't been able to like uh, get to grips with ha- parrying properly and being able to counter yeah. the attacks. Um, like uh, I-, I saw it mentioned, like uh, other like uh, online, like the I forget how it's pronounced, the Mikuru uh, counter, the one where you jump yeah. on the spear essentially. Like yeah. I saw, that one's like, a bit I... easier than the regular counter. It seems a bit more forgiving. Yeah, but, but like it, it's it's only it's mentioned that because i didn't like there's a uh, multiple attacks that like they can do like a whole field like a whole swipe and then there's yeah. a stab and uh but they have the same icon when you, they're going to do that kind of attack and you have to kind of yeah. pick up whatever you have to more to watch do. their movements yeah and like rather I, than, you know a tell like that there there's times when i can't never really tell what they're doing and there's also been yeah. times where it's like I, I i was like all right you know i'm gonna jump or i'm gonna dodge and uh it doesn't work the way i want to like uh, when i was fighting the chain golem okay he's going for a grab i'm gonna jump over him because i know damn well he's going to grab me oh no i just yeah. jumped into his arms 
<laughs> because instead of jumping up in the air, it does like a like a leap forward into like a, a short leap forward instead of the jump yeah. in the air, and and it just grabs with me and throws me off the level, and it's like increasingly frustrating. But it's, like, it's all about perseverance, and yeah. like you will feel like you're beating your head against a brick wall for the longest time, and you'll get frustrated. There, there have been plenty of times where I've been in it where I've been, you know, stuck on a boss and I get really angry and I just turn the game off and I'm like, fuck that for a laugh. And then the next day I'll be like, right, I'll give it a go. And then I somehow do it first time. And I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> and then I could move on and it feels great. I, th I think that the I think that the uh, like the the stages if you want to call them that I, the levels i think they feel to me at least a lot easier than dark souls and bloodborne's you know levels but the boss encounters i feel are more kind of yes. challenging uh, especially considering a lot of them have like multiple forms and i'm dreading going yeah. into any of those fights yeah, um, yeah yeah but uh like um when i first played the uh, to kind of make a point, like I first played Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah, I I, I didn't get along with that game at first. Okay, like, uh, the game's like telling you, oh, you need to use like your bow and arrow, uh, the trip caster, and all these other like cool, you know, built weapons. And yeah. me, I'm sitting there playing. I want to use my spear and I want to just stab everything to death instead yeah. of using my bow. And yeah. so like my first run, I didn't get along with it. But then I, I started playing Breath of the Wild, and I was like, I love, I, I was getting along with Breath of the Wild very well, with yeah. two playthroughs of it. And then I, like, sometime later, I was like, let me go back to Horizon. And then eventually it just kind of clicked, clicked with how yeah, that game works. And I was like, that's what I'm kind of really hoping for if I go back to Sekiro is like, it's yeah, to me, probably it, will. It, it's just like a headspace thing. I have to be in that right headspace to really get into the game again. Yeah. I, I'm hoping. I also hope, but like to bring it back to like accessibility. I, 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 I can understand easy mode because like a lot of people, it's just like bragging rights. Oh, oh yeah, like that, that's literally all it ever was for a lot of people, especially like yeah. in other games where they had multiple difficulties. Like, oh yeah, I could beat Halo Three on Legendary without somebody there, you know, without yeah, yeah, yeah. multiplayer, like that kind of thing. Like being able to do that, like that. That's like I, I'd rather have an easy mode, like because especially for me, like because it's also like I sometimes just like I like playing a game and I'll play it on easy mode because it's like that would be my way of relaxing a little bit or yeah. just being able to experience the game and then if I want to play it on a harder difficulty I will. Yeah. Like uh, like with XCOM, I I played uh, XCOM too. I played on easy mode because I'm. I'm trying to come to grips with. I was trying to come to grips with what the game was trying to do with like a, yeah. including timeline, time, uh, time limits basically, and uh, I eventually went up to a harder difficulty because I was like, all right, now that I understand what I'm doing with the game and where the game is going, I put on a harder difficulty and deal with the, the increased challenge to try and challenge myself to the point where I'm still enjoying the game, but to a point where it's like. I am still like, oh yeah, it's like this is hard, but still feel rewarded for doing it. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I, I like. That's partly the discussion with accessibility on a Sekiro. It's also because there are people who literally cannot handle reaction times very well, and yeah, and the way that the game approaches it, it, it 
it feels like it's excluding those and that like i know not everybody can understand that like um what i know like like spider-man for example like uh as being like the bigger triple a title to mm. kind of at least go in the that direction where they made it easier so that way you didn't have to worry about uh quick time events like even, yeah, yeah. Like, even like the even just without adjusting it, the game is still fairly accessible, but you can also yeah. turn off all these, uh, the, all that stuff and make it simple. Um, like uh, Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 on the, the Wii U and the Switch, they have the option to basically just be one touch and that's it. You can literally, yeah. like the, the joke that they put is that you can literally play the game one-handed. Yeah. And the way, like the themes of Bayonetta, it, it, the joke is there. Yeah. Um, but like, that also makes it very accessible because then I could just poke the screen a bunch of times and be able to do all these attacks without actually worrying about trying to figure out combos that are very, yeah. you know... See, I, t- that, I, t- I totally like, get it. I used, to, I, I used to almost exclusively play games on easy. But then after a while, I don't know what it is. It's like... It's... it's I, I These days, I play stuff usually on at least normal because i don't know i get this idea of no i want to experience what they want me to experience you know what i mean like yeah. i want i want the the the, like, the purest you know, form of it i guess their their definition of their like yeah. the standard or like yeah. as most games tend to put their normal mode yeah that like this is what they wanted it to be like, like yeah so, so i'm like i I don't know. I get this like itch that's like, yeah, I I need to experience what they wanted me to experience. I need to like respect eh. their, you know, creative vision. I guess. I, I get that, and like games like uh, what was it, Wolfenstein, uh, the New Order. I played that like last year for the first time, and yeah, their their definition on normal mode was ridiculously hard for me. And yeah, they're defi- I, yeah, they're, I didn't get on with that. Their definition yeah, of easy mode about, was um, Doom as well. Yeah, like, like their definitions of like hard mode or eat normal mode is still hard. And even easy mode, I was still having a hard time, like yeah. getting through some of the diff- like fa- the, the levels. Yeah, and there's fa- and there's certain found... set pieces too. Yeah, I found uh, Doom 2016 easier than Wolfenstein. Like oh, yes. still challenging. Wolfenstein was like, ridiculously hard, especially yeah. the uh, the two first ones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I've I've been stuck on the bloody final boss of Doom 2016. I've been stuck <laughs> on it since the game came out. And every now and then I'll go, oh, I'll try and finish it. And obviously, because it's been months in between play sessions. It just wipes the floor with me every time, and uh, I want—I I know it's the last boss. I—I I want so desperately to finish the damn thing because I loved it. I—I uh. have, I have to go back to playing it. I played like a, a few hours of it, and I—I I was like, oh, my girlfriend was watching, and I tried to introduce it to her, and she was playing, and having fun, and then I—but like, she wasn't getting along with it very well, and I just kind of stopped after that because I, th- yeah. I think so. And I was playing something else at the same time, which is usually the case yeah, yeah. with me. But uh, I, I I need to go back to that because that's 
Like, honestly, I, I almost attempted to just pick it up on the Switch, because that way I have an excuse to bring it to work. Yeah, apparently the Switch versions improved a, a, yeah. a bit. I, I think I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned in the last, the previous episode, I know that the, the initial release was like a 30 frames, and then yeah. they've, been pat, they've been patching it every so often to include the yeah. 60 frames, which it, it, that's impressive. that's a to damn good engine. Yeah, yeah, that's a damn good engine anyway. So, right here's the thing: it's like I'm not a game designer, but some games, usually first-person shooters, some of them can just run at 60 frames on consoles. Yeah, right. Not even the enhanced consoles, and they look better than games that run at 30 frames. So obviously I know every engine is utterly unique to itself but like if games can look you know like Doom 2016 and run on 60 frames on practically anything I no other game has an excuse <laughs> to be, I mean that's kind of bullshit but you I, know what I mean. Yeah, like I, I think I, I for, I people need to try more with optimization. I think people don't care about optimization as no. much anymore. No. Um, yeah. um, like there are even, like a handful like indie titles that came and like pulled that off, right? Um, uh, my my girlfriend that I recently picked I I picked up for my my girlfriend for Christmas uh, a game called Little Dragon Cafe. It's mm. like available on like a PS on most consoles. It's also available on the Switch, and I've watched her play it on the Switch, and I've seen like playthroughs about like on PS4, and there, you can see like a stark difference in like frame rate. There's frame rate dips on that on the Switch version, which is really weird considering yeah. the game isn't like I don't know if it's because that I don't know. If it's probably because the engine they tried to use and it conflicted with what they're going for. I yeah. also. Yeah, probably because be a game, story, that's probably what that is. They've just they're not even bothered optimizing. They you know, just want quick buck, just chuck it over there, done. Yeah, yeah. But in the, like the particular case of uh, like Doom, for example, like it was ported like through a third party on the Switch, I believe. Yeah. And like like I said, the the initial release was thirty frames, but they also haven't stopped updating that game. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's like like I said, it's okay. It's might not be great at thirty frames. Like playing Doom at 30 frames might not be the best way, but they all haven't stopped, and they're still like they're optimizing the game, and that, that's really what it is. Yeah, they care. <laughs> Someone cares. Yeah, like, somebody should tell Bethesda. This is yeah. How you oh, yeah. Don't get me fucking I mean, started. They, they, they're 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 the ones who are pretty much telling Bethesda that because like their first part Bethesda first party games are. Uh, falling apart faster than yeah. their third party uh support basically because yeah. like i said doom has been great oh, uh, wolfenstein's been great uh i know dishonored has been pretty good i i didn't get along with dishonored but i still haven't had yeah. to go back to that now here's a but huge there's, um, there's no... for me um yeah. just bethesda have id there and id do have done a first person engines they they invented it basically and they yeah. have them in their studio somewhere and they don't bother you know wandering across the excuse me guys 
our um our fallout engine it's a bit crusty now maybe yeah. could you come and sort of you know, fix it for us, you know, yeah. and then well, maybe could we just we use yours. Could yeah. we just use just... the new Doom engine, please? Because yeah, every time they re-release that, we know with Starfield and the next um, uh, oh, yeah. Elder Scrolls game, that is going to be on. It's going to be on the same engine. Yeah, there's and still stuff the in this engine. Yeah, there's still there's still code. I I shit you not. There is still code in their current engine from Morrowind. Yeah. I, I, I'm I not joking. That. Yeah, that doesn't I, surprise I, me at all. Oh my god! I, I <laughs> like, and the thing is, like I, you mentioned, ID. The last, I honestly, I want to say the last game that ID itself actually made, I thought was Rage, the original Rage. I mean, mm. I, I know they like ID themselves are still better off than, uh, yeah, uh, Beth- Bethesda. They might, they're a little better anyway, but. At least their games are a little more functional. Their, yeah. their stories might not be great, but at least they're functional. But like, uh, I think Doom was what was that Machine Head games? I'm trying to uh, remember who. I, I, the Machine uh, Head, I think, was Wolfenstein. the new Doom was Id. Oh, it was okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then I actually. Do I, th- know I think it was just Wolfenstein that was Machine Head. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still it. I just had a look. But like I, rem- I know like with Wolfenstein at least like you can at least feel that there was a like Wolfenstein was at least good. I I don't remember Rage. I played probably like an hour yeah, of it and I was just it. not. Some, I think some people really like it. I, I mean, think I got it. Really, suddenly um, getting a sequel. But... Yeah, the engine is really solid. It's just the the game around it was was yeah subpar. And they, they with Rage too. Um, it looks like you know they've taken on board everything everyone said about Rage. And they've they've just turned it up to eleven. Yeah, like it looks like it's just going to be more of a realer looking Borderlands game. You know, just go in there, fuck around for a little while. You know, enjoy yourself. Um, Which that that sounds good to me. It's out on May fourteenth as well. (laughs) Not long to go. Uh, I I I need to check it out more because I I saw like the trailers and I was like, eh. So yeah, I'll, they, I'll give it another look. The game, the game to me looks a lot like what, like Mad Max, like the the recent, the one that came out with long with the how long yeah. ago was that? 2015. Hmm. I'm yeah, trying it to looks like um, that came out. Looks like Mad Max done by um, that guy who did Spaceballs, you know, with the sense of humor. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Mel Brooks. Oh, I, yeah, I, Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mel Brooks yeah, is yeah. directing Rage Two. That's what it looks like. <laughs> and that, that's fine. Like, like I'd pay for that. Games that'd be interesting. Yeah, games like that. That that those are a lot more interesting to go off with. I guess like just the craziness. Like you, like with Mad Max. Like there's crazy people there. There's like I, like just like the wildness of Mad Max is always interesting. And just being able to expand upon that is always great. Like, like what's what's that thing that uh, Obsidian are doing? Other other worlds or something? The Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm quite keen for that. That looks interesting. I keep saying like, I keep saying like bits of the uh, trailers for it. I didn't see the full trailer yet, but yeah. the bits I've seen, they're like, I'm pretty sure that's Outer Worlds. Like the facial animations that they were going, like the character animations looked really good. And yeah, 
I, I, I have a, I have a thing for facial animations for some weird reason. Like if okay. they don't look decent, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a hard time getting myself into it. Uh, like Do you enjoy I, Andromeda? Uh, I, I, I play the multiplayer more than the single player, so I can't okay. tell you. Like, okay. and I, like, it, the facial animations isn't terrible okay. in Andromeda. It's just not good. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I actually play the multiplayer a lot more as Fair somebody enough. who I don't because I love the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3 because it shouldn't have been as good as it was. Mm. And Andromeda isn't isn't that isn't great, but I still have fun. And that's like the gameplay of Mass Effect has always been really interesting. And that's what I like the most about Mass Effect. Yeah, uh, especially 3. But uh, yeah, but uh, like what should I call it? Uh, like Monster Hunter World, it, I hate the facial animations that they use in that game. They, to, for some weird reason, anyway, uh, the way that like the cutscenes work, especially the the facial animations, do not reflect at all the voice acting. But yeah. that also could that could just very well be the bad uh, direction that the the actors were given. Yeah. Um, but like uh, take. Like one of the games I constantly look back when I say they actually had decent facial animation is a uh, DMC, the, okay. the uh, reboot. I, for some weird reason, I look at the facial animations and something like that, and I'm like, that's actually really good because you can see like the expressions a lot more for something that yeah. came out. I think on the 360 especially, like it was really like the last generation rather. It was pretty decent for its time too. Yeah, and everyone and I. Every once in a while, I'll replay it and I'll see it. Like, you know, this is still actually pretty good because I, I have it on PC now. Um, but like, I, that's that's my thing. Like, but like you said, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, I, the, like there are points where it's like I, I don't like, I I don't like talking to human characters in that game. I'll prefer the uh, aliens over them. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. We're, I'd, I'd say we'd wrap it up. Um, Brilliant. It's, yeah, it's been an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, Chris, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, um, my SoundCloud account, uh, Infamous UK. Um, I keep plugging that every week. Uh, I get about one extra listener each time, so hopefully I'll get a few more. <laughs> um, I've also got a podcast myself. Um, I haven't actually released anything yet, but that'll be coming up on my SoundCloud as well, so um, look out for that. That's me and Stuart Lyons, who's also on um, the Chuffsters as well. Um, so it's basically two old men just talking bollocks for a couple of hours. <laughs> awesome. Uh, right. Hey, Ben, how about you? Uh, uh, I suppose I might as well plug my, my own SoundCloud. I'm Arcane Strain. Uh, you can... Uh, I was about... Well, you can probably find me on Twitter as well under that. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's about it. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> um, uh, I was oh, actually, trying. sorry. Uh... Uh, follow me on Twitch. I'm gonna be trying to do more streams at some point. I'm uh, ready, set, loading on Twitch. Oh. 
All right. Um, I was I was gonna be uh, funny and trying to link the uh, Facebook group, but I can't really. I'm not gonna sound, mouth off a bunch of numbers. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the Chopsters group. Uh, Kane and Lynch who gave me discussions. Yep. <laughs> I keep forgetting we named that. Um, yep. You can you know, f- find this on there. Uh, you can find me. Um, uh, I, I, I might as well plug my SoundCloud. I don't really do much with it. Uh, SoundCloud, uh, it's a Final Eve, F-I-N-A-L-E-V-E. You can find me on Twitter on there too. I post bullshit on there. Don't follow it though. And don't follow <laughs> me on the SoundCloud either, honestly. It's don't right. follow me on anything. Um, <laughs> But, uh, all right. Uh, well, thank so- you for listening. Uh, have a good day. I guess. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.